Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And the Wednesday edition of Grant Napier here on Listen Up. Great to have you with us. We have an open forum Wednesday. We talk NFL. We talk NBA. We talk about the uh, further developments <laughs> each and every day as it relates to COVID and how it's impacting the uh, sports world. Last night, hey, how often do we have to talk about this? How bad is the officiating in the National Football League? I mean, does it not ever get better? I mean, those pass interference, non-calls last night in that Seattle game. You know, Seahawks probably don't win anyway. I, I don't know. And they're not a playoff team. But that doesn't mean that the calls uh, should be that bad. I mean, seriously, it's just awful. Uh, the Rams win their third in a row, and now they're right back on top of the division with Arizona at 10-4. and four. So they've gotten off the mat. You know, they had a bad stretch there. I'm talking about the Rams. But they've now won three in a row. They're 10-4. and four. Clearly, Arizona uh, and the Rams uh, will be in the playoffs. I think the Niners, you're going to have three teams from that division uh, in the playoffs with the uh, 49ers being a wild card. You know, Philadelphia wins. They're now 500. So, you know, this thing, each and every game, you got New Orleans at 7-7, seven and seven, Minnesota at 7-7, seven and seven, Philadelphia at 7-7. Seven and seven. But seriously, how bad the officiating this year in the NFL? I know we say that every year, but does it ever get better? I mean, how do you miss calls like that? Seriously. Like, what are you looking at? Uh, incredible. I, I really, it, it's baffling to me. It really is. All right, here's an interesting story coming out of Cleveland. And as you're well aware, the Raiders were supposed to play in Cleveland on Saturday. And then the game was changed till Monday. Well, that upset a lot of, well, not a lot, but it upset some players on the Raiders. And this story is getting very interesting for a couple of reasons. First of all, the Raiders were able to win to keep their slim playoff hopes alive. And, you know, it wasn't easy. They got a last second field goal, uh, but they did what they had to do. All right. They had to, they did what they had to do. The reason why this is an interesting story is the National Football League Players Association president is J.C. Treader. He is the starting center for the Cleveland Browns. And so the Raiders assumed that he was doing this on behalf of the Browns. Well, J.C. Treader has come out and said that the NFL was actually close to canceling three games 
this past weekend. They were very close to canceling the Raiders and the Browns, Washington, Philly, and Seattle, and the Rams. Now, here's what Treader had to say about the criticism that he has received for some players on the Raiders. Quote, all right, I think the thing that people didn't understand was I was fighting for the same thing for the Browns players as I was for the Raiders players, which was to get paid. I don't think everybody was fully aware of just how close those games were to being canceled. And I don't think everybody was fully aware that if canceled, they weren't going to get paid. Both teams weren't going to get paid. Treader said that, quote, I don't worry about the standings. I don't worry about record. I don't worry about those things as president. I worry about making sure our guys are paid. And that was my concern. The NFL, by the way, has declined comment on Treader's remarks. Now, this is a very important position when you're the president of the NFLPA. I don't know J.C. Treader, but I believe he's talking truthfully here because his job, his role in representing all the players goes far above and beyond than what's best for the Cleveland Browns, right? You know, Casey Hayward of the Raiders said, quote, I think he said, I can't remember what day it was, but he said, quote, I'm sure the NFLPA president playing for the Browns didn't have any effect on these negotiations. And I listen, I get it. I understand how you can make inference there and that you would think that it was done to benefit the Browns. But when you have a position of president of your entire association, you're the guy of all the players in the NFL. You're the president. That is an enormous undertaking. It's an enormous responsibility. So I believe him. Why wouldn't I believe him? I believe that they were doing the right thing for all players. Can you imagine the reaction from players around the NFL of those six teams if they didn't get paid? You think things are rough right now? Can you imagine the tone and the narrative coming out of that? So I wanted to get to that story because I thought it was very interesting. Very interesting indeed that those accusations were made by some players on the Raiders and Treader said, okay, I got to come out and defend not only me and my team, but I got to defend all players uh, in the National Football League. Hey, if you want to get in on the show today, you know the routine. Uh, Raise your hand. I'll put you up on stage and you'll be able to come on with me. All right, NFL, tomorrow you got the 49ers and the Titans in Tennessee, which is a ridiculous game to be scheduled in December for a team to go that far to play a Thursday night game. It's just stupid. Uh, but Tennessee's 9-5. and five. Uh, The 49ers are 8-6. and six. Now, when you look at the standings right now and you look at the playoffs, now that we have the week complete after the two games last night, in the AFC, Kansas City is in the driver's seat. All right? They are 10 and 4. New England and Tennessee are both 9 and 5. You've got Cincinnati. Then you have Indianapolis 5th. The Chargers are 6th. And the Bills also 
at eight and six. Baltimore, eight and six. Okay, so teams that are still breathing. Obviously, the Steelers with six losses, the Raiders at seven and seven, Miami at seven and seven, Cleveland and Denver. Now, in the NFC, Green Bay, the number one seed at eleven and three, Dallas wins a tiebreaker over Arizona and Tampa based on best winning percentage in conference games. So they are currently the two seed at 10 and four. Tampa, three at 10 and four. And Arizona is 10 and four. They currently have the tiebreaker over the Rams based on best winning percentage in divisional games. So you have the Rams currently fifth as a wild card. San Francisco sixth as a wild card and Minnesota currently has a tiebreak over Philadelphia based on best win percentage in common games and are currently seventh Philadelphia, New Orleans, eighth and ninth also with the same records of seven and seven. So very interesting, the playoffs and how important these games are uh, coming down the stretch. Now, when you look at San Francisco, All right, obviously they are playing very well after what looked like a disastrous season. They've been able to turn it around, and they are 8-6. and So tomorrow, they go to Tennessee. Not going to be an easy game. All right? Then the Niners have a game at home against Houston, which should be an automatic win. And then here we are. They're at the Rams on the ninth. And we know that they own the Rams, but this is going to be, in all likelihood, a very big game for both teams. Now, I don't think it's going to determine who gets into the playoffs. I think both these teams will be in the playoffs. But seeding could be important. And here's the other issue. If both these teams are in the playoffs, could you see a coach saying, that's it, we're in, I'm resting players, I'm using it as a bye week? All types of possibilities. The other issue is the Rams could still be playing for the division title in that game. So they might be playing for a home game and winning the division. As a matter of fact, that would probably be a likely scenario with how the Arizona Cardinals have struggled now. You know, the Cardinals and the Rams are currently tied, but the Cardinals are coming off a bad loss against the Detroit Lions in Motown. And, you know, when you look at Arizona, they got a brutal schedule. Indianapolis at home, at Dallas, Seattle at home. Seattle will have nothing to play for other than pride. Colts have been playing very well. And then at Dallas, which is going to be a big game for the Cowboys. So, you know, you may be looking at a scenario here where the Rams are playing that final game for the division championship. That could be the game that's flexed. Could be the game that is flexed. All right, if you want to talk about that, you want to get in, talk NFL. Uh, this is an open forum Wednesday. If you want to talk about uh, the NBA, the Kings are in action tonight, taking on a Clippers team that they're just not very good. Obviously, the Kings aren't very good either. But the Clippers have now lost three in a row. And you never know what you're going to get night to night from the Clippers. The Clippers are currently sixth at 16 and 15, but they've lost three in a row. The Kings are 13 and 19, 
they've they lost a game on Monday night to the Warriors. They're five and five in their last ten. They signed Emmanuel Moutier yesterday to have a body on the court that at least knows how to dribble and play the game. Another overrated draft pick when he was drafted by Denver. But you look at the West right now. After you get through with the Clippers at 16 and 15, the Lakers are 507th. Dallas is 15 and 15 and 8th. Luka has just ended COVID protocol. So that may put him out for the Christmas game. Dallas is in Sacramento at the end of the year for back-to-back games. Minnesota is 15 and 16. And Sacramento and Portland are 13 and 19. Blazers have been awful. Portland has lost eight of their last 10 games, including a game last night in New Orleans. The Spurs are 12 and 18. And Oklahoma City is 10 and 19. The only two teams in the West you can rule out, I think, are the Pelicans and the Rockets. You can rule them out. So you have the Lakers, the Mavericks, the Timberwolves, the Kings, the Blazers, the Spurs, and the Thunder. You have those seven teams vying for spots 7, 8, 9, and 10. Now you got to figure Portland at some point is going to get going again, but you know, it's also going to be interesting to see what happens at the trade deadline. There were a lot of rumors involving the Portland Trailblazers. So, hey, if you want to talk about any of these things, get in on the program, hit your hand icon, and we will get you right on. In the East, Brooklyn's got another game postponed because of COVID. They're 21-9. and The Bulls are 19-10. and Then when you get to the bottom of the division, Washington, 16-15 and in seventh. Charlotte in eighth, a game under. Boston, a game under in ninth. Toronto, a game under in tenth. So, I mean, a big difference between the bottom of the East record-wise and the bottom of the West record-wise. Currently, your top four teams are Brooklyn, Chicago, Cleveland, and Miami in the East. Milwaukee, the defending champs, in fifth. And then again in the West, the 10th place team is six games under 500, whereas in the East, the 10th place team is only one game under 500. Now, Adam Silver has said they're not they're not going to stop the season. And I, I think it's great that Adam Silver came out and said that. Again, there's no plans right now to pause the NBA season. Quote, no plans, all right? No plans right now to pause this season. He said this yesterday. We, of course, looked at all the options. But frankly, we were having trouble coming up with what the logic would be behind pausing the season. As we look through these cases, literally ripping through the country, let alone the rest of the world, I think we're finding ourselves where we sort of knew we were going to get to over the past several months. And that is this virus will not be eradicated. And we're going to have to learn to live with it. I think that's what we're experiencing in the league right now. Here's the reality of pro sports, okay? This is the reality. Until one of their players becomes deathly ill and or passes away, the NBA is going to go full steam ahead as are other leagues. Now, I know the NHL has paused. 
I get that. But the NHL is in a different boat because they're being governed by a lot of the doctors in Canada because of their seven teams. And it's completely different than what the NBA is going through. As a matter of fact, there are a lot of people in the National Hockey League that are very, very upset with the fact that the Canadian medical staff is pretty much dictating what's going on with the rest of the National Hockey League. So the NHL pausing their season uh, two days before the Christmas break, and we'll see if that slows things down a little bit. But again, the NHL is in a different a different situation. Again, they have pulled out of the Olympics in Beijing, and you know the NBA again not going to pause their season, according to Adam Silver. And I just wonder, you know, again, I said this on Monday. You know, I said this a couple days ago. Things may look one way today and could look completely different tomorrow or the next day or the next week. So we are in a different world. There's no question about that. And, you know, we'll see. Again, Adam Silver said, quote, we have a lot of data that we look at in terms of players and coaches that have gone through the three-shot protocol, meaning the two shots and then the booster, and then past two weeks, only a very small number of those people have been breakthrough cases where they've tested positive, and they essentially have been asymptomatic or very mild symptoms. We're also dealing with a large group that either have one J&J shot or haven't been boosted yet. I would just say to our community, really to everyone, at least based on the data that the NBA has, that the boosters are highly effective and we are strongly encouraging everyone to get them. In fact, in our league right now, we're around 97% vaccinated, but we're up to about 65% of our players that have been boosted. And we're in active discussions with the Players Association to get that number even higher. Personally, I don't think 65% is anything to be bragging about. That's my opinion. So he went on and said, so we're not in terms of your question, in essence, whether we can treat this as an endemic and people begin to move on and we only test those that are symptomatic and deal with those. We're not quite there yet, but we're paying a lot of attention to what other leagues are doing. You know, again, boosters up to 65%. I, 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 you know, that doesn't seem very good to me. It really doesn't. I, I, 65%. You know, if the booster is as effective as they say, and only 65% of your league has been vaccinated for the booster, what are you waiting for? So, you know, I, I don't know. You know, you got the story in L.A. with the Lakers. You know, LeBron James at 16 and 16 saying they can't really assess the team because they don't know what they have. So, you know, he said, so how can we fully assess what we have when we haven't been whole, I can't remember the last time we played the same starting lineup and had the same rotation coming off the bench. It's been a long time, so it's hard to assess that. Bottom line business, wins and losses, 500. And I don't know how a team with, you know, Russell Westbrook and LeBron James, forget about Anthony Davis, can look as bad as they did the other night against a good Phoenix Suns team. So, you know, again, I told you Luka Doncic is in NBA uh protocol so he may 
may not be able to play in the Christmas Day game on Saturday. He and Trey Burke entered the protocols earlier today. So we'll see. The Mavs play Milwaukee tomorrow. Then they play Christmas night, the Jazz. So here's the deal. Players have to return consecutive negative tests in a 24-hour period, or they have to be sidelined for 10 days before they can resume play. You know, Luka had missed five games with a sore ankle, but they were planning on him playing tomorrow in Milwaukee. Again, looking at the schedule, the Mavericks play in Sacramento the last two games of this month. Just keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. You know, I can't even imagine if Luke is not playing in those games, how many no-shows there will be. Uh, or at least I would I would guess that. I would guess that. So we'll see. I don't know who's playing yet tonight uh, for Sacramento as the game starts in a little more than uh, three hours because of their COVID situation. But again, you know, you look at the schedule. The Kings have the Clippers tonight. Then they take on Memphis, who's got John Morant back, and Memphis has really been good this year, and they've already beat the Kings uh, a couple of times. Then the Kings have Oklahoma City on Tuesday. Then a week from tonight, Dallas. And then on the 31st, Dallas again. So they play the Mavs on the 29th and the 31st. Mavs, by the way, are just another team. They're really not that good. They're really not that good. You know, so it's not like this is a daunting schedule uh, coming up for Sacramento. You never know what you're going to get with the Kings. Uh, but the Mavs have lost 6 of 10. They're a game under 500. they They're only one spot ahead of Sacramento in the standings. And again, if Luka cannot play tomorrow against Milwaukee, well, I doubt he will. That would put them two games under 500 if they lose. And... Then at Utah, they're probably going to lose. That's going to really put these games for Dallas, you know, right up in the forefront against Sacramento. And I really mean that because I could see, I could see the Mavericks right now going on quite a losing streak. Now, Milwaukee's not been playing well. They lost to New Orleans. Then they lost to Cleveland. But when I'm looking at Dallas right now, and again, a game under 500 in ninth spot. Actually, I take that back. They're 500. If they lose tomorrow, they'll be 15 and 16. So I'm looking at, here's the schedule. All right. They lost two of three. They lost to the Lakers. They lost at Minnesota. Then they beat Minnesota at home. If they lose tomorrow, that's one game under five. Lose Saturday to Utah, which they probably will two games under 500. Then they're at Portland. Then they come to Sacramento for the games on the 29th, the 31st. Then they go to Oklahoma City. And then how about this? Home Denver, home Golden State. So these are are big games coming up for Dallas against Sacramento, a team that Dallas is going to think they're better than that they should beat. All right? So, hey, if you want to get in on the program today, all you got to do is hit your hand icon, raise your hand, and we'll put you right up on stage, and you'll be on with me. Uh, Toronto-Chicago postponed tonight in the NBA. So you only have Orlando at Atlanta. Boston hosts Cleveland. Houston is in Milwaukee. Denver travels to Oklahoma City. And again, 
you have the Clippers and the Kings starting in a couple of hours. All right, that's your schedule in the NBA. NFL, again, tomorrow, we talk about the 49ers and the Titans. Big game for both teams, boy. Big game for both teams. Saturday, Cleveland at Green Bay. Indianapolis at Arizona, which is a big game. You have the Lions at the Falcons on Sunday. Baltimore travels to Cincinnati. That's a big game. Rams at Vikings, big game. Buffalo at New England, very big game. Jacksonville at the Jets, cancel it. New York at Philly, big game for Philly. Tampa at Carolina, big game for Tampa. Chargers at Houston, big game for the Chargers. Chicago, Seattle, meaningless. Pittsburgh at Kansas City, big game for both teams. Denver at the Vegas, big game for both teams. Washington at Dallas, big game for Dallas. Miami at New Orleans, big game for both teams. A lot of good games this week. I mean, really, aren't a lot of bad games. Think about the bad games this week in the NFL. Detroit at Atlanta, bad game. Jacksonville at the Jets, bad game, right? Big games. Every game is pretty important this week in the National Football League, and it starts tomorrow with San Francisco at Tennessee. Now, the Titans, you know, without Derrick Henry, and, you know, the Niners are getting a break here. Tennessee has ruled out their starting left tackle, uh, Taylor Lewin, also – Roger Saffold is out, the left guard. So you tell me Nick Bosa is not licking his chops right now. I mean, that's, that is really bad for the Titans. That's a real issue for the Tennessee Titans. But that that, that is going to be a real key here. Left tackle out, left guard out. Niners with a huge opportunity here. Huge opportunity. I think the Niners are going to go in there and win that game. I really do. I think that defensive front, I think Bosa's going to have a field day now. I think he would have a field day anyway. You know, I'm looking at this game, and I love the way the 49ers are playing. I think it's going to be a slugfest type of a game. Like, I think this game's going to be a real grinded-out, ball-possession type of a game. Going to be very, very physical. Going to be a good game. I, you know, again, I think it sucks that it's on a Thursday. That's the one aspect I don't like from the perspective of 49ers. I think it's a very unfortunate schedule. I think it's really bad to go that far in the m- third week of December. Yeah, I think it's a real disadvantage for the 49ers. It's a big disadvantage. No question about that. So... This is a great opportunity for San Francisco. I I think they're going to figure out a way to win this game. I like the way they're playing. They're able to run the ball. I love the way Garoppolo is playing. You know, I talked about this the other day. Is there anybody that's more underappreciated, seriously, in the National Football League than Jimmy Garoppolo? The guy never gets any credit. He's having a very good season. You know, the 49ers look like they're going to be in the playoffs. And, you know, people still bag on Garoppolo all the time. Anytime he makes a bad throw. You know, he's not the only quarterback in the league that makes bad throws. The reality is he's come up big when you've needed him. And the other reality is Trey Lance isn't close to being ready to play in the National Football League. So, I mean, there are two factors there. 
And I'll tell you something else about this. If you want to look into the future, and I'm like you, I don't, I can't predict what the 49ers are going to do here the rest of the year. But assuming they win a game or two in the playoffs, and you automatically discount Jimmy Garoppolo on the team next year, and you think that Trey Lance is ready, what what gives you any, I guess, confidence that Trey Lance will be ready to start and be effective next year for the 49ers? Like, are you so sure that Jimmy Garoppolo has to be somewhere else next year just because the Niners took Trey Lance where they did at number three? And again, if he's not ready to be effective next year, you're going to just toss the season away? I mean, you got to look at these things. You really do. You have to analyze the big picture. And again, maybe we're having a different conversation. Maybe the Niners crumble down the stretch. Maybe Garoppolo doesn't play well in the playoff game. And maybe it's like sayonara, you know, see you later, and you're out the door. I mean, but but again, there's the other aspect of that. The other part of it, what happens if the 49ers do well in the playoffs and Garoppolo plays well? You're so sure that all of a sudden your new quarterback is going to be Trey Lance next year? Based on what? Based on what? There's only one rookie quarterback that's played well this year, and we know who that is. His name is Mac Jones. You know, I know having a year under your belt is huge. I get all of that. But I wouldn't be so quick to automatically assume that Trey Lance is going to be your guy next year. I'd be very careful about that. I really would. All right, let's get to some phone calls here on this Wednesday edition of Listen Out with Jay. Hello, Jay. Hey, Grant. Hey, sorry, I missed the beginning of the show. I hope I'm not duplicating up on things, but on your 49er talk. Yeah, you know, the thing with the the thing with the 49ers is, you know, in the middle of the season, they are just so darn inconsistent. And, you know, it looks like they're going to fall apart. And uh, and Shanahan at all has kind of seemed to put things back together. Um, and, you know, I think the, the key to them is if they can if they can ha- establish their running game and minimize the stupid turnovers, they they play pretty darn solid. It's when it's when yep. the special teams isn't going, and they got the you got and and we had the the fumbles or the or the uh, goofy interceptions, whether it be a tip ball or whatever. And all of a sudden now the the 49ers are playing from behind. But if they're playing with confidence, you know they they can hang with 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 everybody. They're anybody, just, yeah. And I'll tell you something else, Jay. Yep, yep. And I'll tell you something else. When I watch the 49ers play. I really and we know about Bosa and we know Bosa's great, okay? And we and we get all of that. When I watch this 49ers team play, it's really quite simple to me. When George Kittle is on the field, they are completely different. And they can stay with any team because he not only catches run after catch, he's a great blocking tight end. To me, George Kittle is as valuable as any player on the 49ers. And when he's on the field, the 49ers are good. And when he's not on the field, they're not very good. I really, that's how I see it with George Kittle. I really do. Yeah, 100%. When he was missing uh, for those games in the middle of the season, you could tell. And, uh, yes. you know, and, and the, the thing I like about Shanahan, too, is that he, he makes adjustments. You know, he, uh, you know, putting Debo at running back, you know, I'm not sure that a, a lot of coaches would have taken their wide receiver and had him play running back. That was a good move. You know, it's, it's panned out well. Um, and, you know, you know, and the Garoppolo scenario with, with both Shanahan and, um, uh, the general manager's name is me for the moment. John um, Lynch. John yeah, Lynch. Lynch. Uh, um, both of those guys, I, 
you know, they, I really think that they a hundred percent will go with what their, what their eyes are telling them, not what their heart is telling them. And if Lance isn't ready, I, I don't, I don't think they'll force it. And, and I think that's a positive for the 49ers. I, I agree with you, uh, and they and they're not going to be able to force it. You know, the the one thing about Shanahan, and he has a knock against him, and this is only going to be solved by him doing it. His knock is, you know, he has not done great in close games with his decision making. Going back to the Super Bowl, you know, going back to the game, uh, I believe against uh, Green Bay this year. You know, his 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 game management in the in close games is going to be once again put to the forefront this playoff season and he needs to get that over that hurdle because that is the one aspect of Shanahan that people knock him for his creativity offensively as you pointed out uh maybe as good as there is in the National Football League you made a great point about Samuel and the way they've utilized him and his rushing touchdowns but you know this 49ers team in a close game in the playoffs and chances are when they get to the playoffs and I think they will they're going to be in a close game Keep an eye on Kyle Shanahan and how he coaches this team in the final five to eight minutes of the fourth quarter. Yeah, and have you heard if uh, if, if Mitchell's going to be back this week? Uh, not yet. I'm I, I'm looking at the injury report right now, so I think next week is where it's going to be. Um, you know, oh, okay. and again, I'm yeah, looking and, and and I'm looking at the injury report as I talked about for Tennessee. Okay, they without their starting left tackle and left guard, the 49ers. They, they need to exploit that, and I think they will, and I think that it is going to be really difficult, all right, really difficult. Mitchell, you know, again, not playing tomorrow, but let's see if he can get back on the field next week, all right, but he's definitely not playing tomorrow. I know he – I think the injury report that I saw, they had him ruled out already yesterday, so he's not back until at least next week. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, the 49ers, they, they have their destiny in their hands. And, 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 you know, if they go two and one, I think they're in and they may even be yes. in at one and two. But they have they have their destiny in, in their hands. And so, you know, they, they won't have anybody to blame but themselves if they don't get in at this point. Jay, you have a great rest of the day. Thanks very much for calling. All right. Appreciate All right, it. Man. Take care. All right. Bye. Good call right there. Uh, again, I'm I like teams that are playing well at the end of the year. And right now, although there are three games left. And that can certainly change. But right now, the 49ers are playing well. All right, let me give you the schedule for the rest of the week. Tomorrow, I'll be on with you regular time. And then next week, I think we'll go back to 3 o'clock Pacific. We'll see. Um, you know, I'm trying to give everyone an opportunity here to see what they like best. And again, I post all of these shows on uh, my podcast platform. So if you can't listen to them live, you can go back and listen to them later. Uh, I try to post them uh, as soon as I can. Sometimes because of circumstances, I can't do it right away. Uh, and then obviously no show on Friday as we uh, celebrate uh, Christmas Eve. And then we'll pick it up next week uh, for a couple of days. There's one day next week I'm not going to be able to do the show. And I'm not sure yet, but I have a conflict with travel, so I'm going to miss that. But tomorrow... We'll be on at uh, 4 o'clock Pacific and then no show on Friday. All right? Hey, thanks very much for joining us. Great having you here. Have a great evening. Stay safe. Thanks for listening to Grant Napier. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.